everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least appreciated work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Breach, chapters 3.3 and 3.4. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know Marissica's motivations and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. All right. Before we get started, we wanted to tell you guys about Pale Complexions. Woo woo woo! Woohoo! Which is our very well thought out name. We spent a long time thinking about it. We actually uh, did. We actually did. <laughs> that might be kind of sad, but um, um, if you can't tell, it's meshing pale in comparison and pale reflections together because we're doing a fan art contest. Woohoo! Woo! So um, our um, theme for this fan art contest is siblings. So we are trying to keep it to the other verse. So all you weirdos thinking of Vicky and Amy, no. <laughs> That's, yeah, we're good. This is not the contest for that. Pass. Feel free to... I mean, not saying that there isn't some kind of a morbid interest I get at looking at that stuff, but <laughs> this is not the contest for you. If you want to just make the fan art and post it, you go on and do it. But in terms of the, this fan art contest, this is for the other verse. Yeah, so the due date for submissions is Friday, July 30th, I think. Um, but we will post a link in the show notes with the rules and the prizes and all of that stuff. Um, one more thing I really wanted to plug though, is you, even if you don't draw, can be a super important part of this contest. Doof Media's patrons will actually be the ones choosing the winner through voting. Um, so if you want to be involved and pick some great art, please become a patron and that'll allow you to judge other people's art skills <laughs> that's a right. loving way <laughs> at least for your judgment to count um, you yes. know for us to care <laughs> you can you know you can say right, stuff you, could, <laughs> you can judge anything you can still judge I guess. for free but it won't gonna, matter it doesn't matter we're not gonna care um <laughs> in a loving in, in a really nice way mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yes yeah, so patron only woo so woo. uh they also get a bunch of other uh really cool benefits so you can go to our patron website that we'll kind of mention at the end of the podcast um, if you want to check that out. But anyway, <laughs> back to the show. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right. So, real quick uh, summary of our chapters we've read. Basically, Blake uses glamour to sneak into Laird's lair. He disrupts a ritual and manages to escape, causing some chaos in the process. So, we'll start with Blake basically disguises himself as a middle-aged man and sneaks into a somewhat awkward party. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty awkward. Um, also, like, I mean, this arc isn't over, but I was. it seems like I was wrong, and it is Blake who does the breaching. This was fun, his, like, infiltration into the, you know, domain, into the sanctum or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, like, yeah, it was just like, oh, my gosh, breach, ha, 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 ha. Um, <laughs> which was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like 
he's at one point like, oh, I could see myself living here, blur, blur, blur. And I was kind of like, wait, like maybe he hasn't really thought about it. And it's just sort of like a thing he can kind of see in his future. But it mm-hmm. was like, oh, does Blake intend on moving out of the house? Like, does he? Because I, I feel like he's he can't move out of the house for some reason. I mean, I think it's the demon that's buried under it. But I think mm-hmm. that like there's something. There's some. I just have to say as well. I love that you're talking about that as if it's like a confirmed <laughs> fact. Hey, no one has made fun of me for it yet, so we're just gonna go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but the demon buried under the house is is the thing that is keeping this family in this place or like, you know, like it's like very, there's something with this house and he needs to figure out what's up, but it just like, it seems like Blake's envisions a future where he doesn't live in that house. And I'm really curious as to like, I mean, I guess he hasn't thought it through. I don't really want him to get through because I don't want him to like lose his dream, but it was, it just really struck me as like, Oh, you think, you see a future for yourself where you don't live in the house. I don't know. It was it was interesting. Hmm. This awkward party reminded me of the reunion at the beginning uh, of the story. Yeah, I I wonder if like the Behames and the Duchamps, like it, it seems like the Duchamps get together somewhat regularly. I wonder if this is the first time with the Behames or if like they just sort of all get together kind of often. Mm-hmm. Um it's also like the non-practitioners are invited and involved, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, and I thought it was really funny that like, even though it's, you know, awkward and there's all this like, they're like, oh yeah, our family's kind of a cult, lol. Um, <laughs> like people lol. seem to be on better terms than Blake's family. Like, I don't know if that's karma and just like, hmm. you know, whatever. But Good no one there me. was like, I hope you die horribly. <laughs> like I just, they were all just sort of like, yeah, whatever. Um, I was gonna say, which, which one would you rather go to? Which party would you rather attend? This um, or the reunion, or like the weird funeral reunion thing? I mean, I think it totally depends on like who I am in either situation. What about you? If Malia Hamilton showed up in the story, where would you rather hang out? <laughs> I think that the Blake's the Thorburn reunion thing would just be mm-hmm. so awkward and horrible like i think if i was grandma rose i'd be like fuck yeah fuck all these people like i'd be like yeah this is great right um mm-hmm. or maybe like the lawyer or something it'd be kind of funny um mm-hmm. but if i was just sort of there that'd be horrible whereas like at the behame duchamp party like i could get some good drinks you could eat. i get yeah. some good food i could like wander around and sort of just like awkwardly talk to people it'd be an okay time yeah <laughs> I think I agree, and I was surprised that you paused for so long, to be honest. So I was well, like, I just wanted to like really think about it. I wanted to like, oh, okay double check and make sure it wasn't some sort of like trick question. Trick question? <laughs> no, it was it's not. Like, this one seemed <laughs> fine, just kind of yeah. creepy. No, it was just literally just because you're like it kind of reminded me a little bit, and I was like, <laughs> I did it really? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just also interesting that like Blake. This both felt like a convenient storytelling convention and karma that he happens mm-hmm. to show up at this house like when there's a big party happening with like people that they don't know who are coming to it. And also they're going to do the big thing against Blake 
at this thing. Like, this felt like good karma. I mean, it's also like Laird specifically was like, I'm going to do a thing to you today. And it makes more sense for him to have it set up in his house, in his domain, than like somewhere else. Um, yeah. But he did have a bunch of Duchamps involved. Like, there, there is... While Bo, or possibly Laird, like, people could have made different choices. Um, yeah. And so it felt to me like, oh, this seems really fortunate that you happen to stumble onto this place when you happen to have glamour, like, at the right time so that you could, like, infiltrate and fuck this up. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't understand at all what was going to happen. Something to do with time near the house. Um, hmm. But he prevented it for now. Um, I also sort of wasn't sure. I was going to talk about, like, the men in the Duchamp family and stuff, but then that was actually later. But Emphasis I'd- on douche. yeah that was pretty good um thank you but i I guess i'll talk about them now um they were really interesting like just a bunch of like men who don't know about the practice like they know that like it's weird and something like they would describe their family as like a cult but they're also like like they refer to their children but then they like are gesture and are kind of like yeah like they're all girls like there are no boys in the Duchamp family Mm -hmm. um and the the different dynamics of sometimes the girls want to get out of the situation because their parents are going to marry them off to people so to prevent like that from happening and possibly maybe to escape kind of being a practitioner in general I wasn't totally sure about that or like to attempt it Mm -hmm. they just like try to get married to whoever they can as fast as possible is really you know awful and heartbreaking and then the idea that like oh but the grandchildren or i guess it seems like the granddaughters are like sucked back into it um it seemed like they were specifically talking about the duchamps i don't think these people were also behames um Mm -hmm. but it was really interesting um it it also kind of reminded me of like how Blake is discriminated against by his family. Um, mm-hmm. Just in that, like it's a bunch of men who are like on the periphery and don't know what's going on. And they're like, Oh, they're not really my children, which is like mm. really sad. And also like, yeah. but also feels kind of patriarchal. Like, Oh, I should be control my kids' lives. But it's like, no, you just like don't have any impact over your children's lives. And that does suck. But it, it's interesting that in the story there's two, at least two circles or covens where the practitioners are female, as far as we know. Like, both the Thorburns mm-hmm. and the Duchamps um, only have female practitioners. And I'm really curious as to, like, why and what's up with that. And because mm-hmm. the only thing I could think of in Pale is, like, I think the Mussers or someone... I think I always say the Mussers when I can't quite remember who the family was, but there was the, <laughs> there was a girl in a family who they were like, oh yeah, she's like, fuck her, and she's never, we're never gonna let her do anything. We should have never really awakened her because she's a girl. Mm. Um, and I can't remember exactly who that was, but like that's the only kind of inverse I could see. But it wasn't even like, oh, we straight up don't awaken women in the family. It was just kind of like, oh, she's a girl, and so she sucks. Whereas this is just like. They straight up don't awaken men. Like they, there, there are no men. <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. 
it kind of ties into Rose later, maybe, but I still don't understand that either. So that's fun. Mm. They were kind of like chill and nice to Blake, though. Like they gave him a lot of good advice. They kind of invited him in. What do you think of? I, I'm just. I mean, you might not think that much about this. I don't know, but like, just like Blake, um, you know, trying to play the part, kept being like, oh, like have a 20 something year old interested in me and they're all just like ha 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 and he'd be like but <laughs> I don't know I what do you mean can you elaborate on that question yeah well just because he's like you know looks like a middle aged dude uh-huh. you know and they're talking about like so like maybe like 45 or something he's like oh I could have a 20 year old like like I could I don't know it just seemed uh... kind of and they're think, all like. I think we read that slightly differently. Um, mm. I read it more as like, like, not like, ooh, I can get a 20 year old. But like, what are you talking about? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, they would never be interested in someone like me. I don't have an apartment. I don't have a job. Or like, I barely have a job or like, whatever. Um, And they were just like, yeah, these these girls are fucking desperate. Not in a like, uh-huh, man, I'm going to get these chicks. Let me, I'm just going to look at this again, because uh, I feel like it was a little bit of both. Maybe. Because he's like, you know, like, because they're like, yeah, some want out. Um, easiest way is to get married before their folks marry them off, even if that guy's twice their age in a crowded apartment. And, and then he's like, yeah, I asked. I tried to put myself in the ca- headspace of the character I was playing. A lonely, estranged, less than successful uncle. 20-year-old wanting me, you're saying? And then, like, down, mm. um, and then down later, the guy's like, it's a trap. Just do what you need to do for your cousin, but you walk away as fast as you can. And then, like, against, like, but some 20 year old and me? Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Um, it, I mean, as far as the dudes go, it doesn't seem like they're like, oh, yeah, man, it's great. They're kind of like, no, man. <laughs> well, no, because they kind of chuckle. Like they, it's like it, none of them are like. I don't know. At least I feel like no, nobody's reacting like he's creepy or anything. Because he says like there were some chuckles, you know, or like, um, yeah. And I guess that does kind of. Well, I thought it was weird that they were like. I I saw them as being like. I mean, like hating their lives and probably their wives a little bit, um, but also like. You know, he was. They were friendly, and they like gave him a beer, and they were like, you know, giving him advice. And I kind of was like, at the end, when Blake's like, you know, like, let's be real, you don't care what my name is, and the guy was like, oh, you're right. I was like, that seems odd to me because I feel like if I like, you know, was talking to someone, um, and trying to give them advice, and then I was like, oh, by the way, what's your name? And they were like, you don't care. I'd be like, um, fuck you. Like what? Like yes, I do. So maybe you were a little more on the right track. I'm curious, listeners slash audience, um how how y'all interpreted this part because yeah i didn't get that read at all but it is um Mm -hmm. not great yeah yeah it's interesting because i think i'm pretty sure i took it like that the first time i read it too so i think i've interpreted the same way both times but um yeah i don't know we'll love to hear other perspectives yeah um yeah so okay i want to talk about the engaged couple Mm mm-hmm um, I don't remember their names. I feel like we might have learned at least one of their names, but um, 
they just very obviously do not want to get married and hate everything. Yeah. And it's real bleak. I think when we first read about this, I didn't think like in the in the visions or whatever, I didn't think like, oh, these two are super in love. Um mm-hmm. like I could tell that it was an arranged marriage, but this seems like so unhappy. Like this seems like it could almost be like a forced marriage. Um, because arranged marriages aren't forced marriages, right? Like generally an arranged marriage is where like your parents or someone like like talk to other like the person you're gonna marry or their parents or something and like match make you or something but i think ultimately like both parties still act, like have a choice right a forced marriage at, like one of the parties or both of the parties don't actually have a choice mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and this that's what this seems like and that sucks a lot like the whole like their ring fingers are like tied together and they can't get very far away from each other like that's creepy and i'm just like really curious yeah. as to how it's gonna go with their children because it seems like the duchamps have girls and practice in their own certain way but like this the the groom is not a clueless guy who hasn't been awakened or whatever like he's also a practitioner with a powerful family in his own right and i'm curious as to how that's gonna go um but also this sucks <laughs> yeah um yeah no it kind of blows i'm betting we're gonna learn more about them um and i'm curious as to if Blake is going to somehow mess with the alliance between these families by messing with their relationship or whatever. But I like that there were a lot of clear reasons why that wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And I like that Blake wasn't dumb enough to be like, I'll pretend to be the guy. And like, you know, and then he also like, didn't go into that room. Like I was yeah. like, good Blake. Good, good, good. Like, don't, yeah. like don't, that's a terrible ugh. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the last thing in this section of the the party was um blake is like "Ooh, i got some great food and he's like and i went back for seconds just so i could get a sense of what was there and i was like no blake like you haven't eaten anything in forever like i think this was his first meal that day because he went from summoning leonard Mm. and being like i'm gonna eat and not eating (laughs) to the briar girl to like immediately sprinting off to go see maggie to here i think Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he goes back for a second just so we can get a sense of what was there. I mean, I guess his stomach has completely shrunk down or whatever. But like, I want like I want you to prioritize calories more than you currently do. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> That'd be funny if that was like a new like, you know, way for him to get delicious food because like everyone hates him and stuff. He just clambered up into some random dude snuck into house parties or like crashed weddings or like <gasps> even when it and just like went to the buffet and was like all right this is you know yeah it's i it's too bad i don't picture jacob bellis being like that happening of a place necessarily <laughs> it's probably definitely not but like if but. there was like a like a university or something and he mm. made himself look like an undergrad and he just like wandered around and got free pizza or whatever like do it yeah gotta strategize man Although money doesn't seem to be like, like money may eventually be his problem, but his problem just seems to be like leaving his house. So, you know, I feel like when I was a freshman in college, it's kind of random, but I got, I was totally like doing the scheming thing for pizza. And, um, I don't, I don't think I asked many questions, but like, um, some of my like dorm neighbors, 
um, a couple guys, like they were going to a club meeting and I was just like, Oh, where are you guys going? And they're like, Yeah, we're going to this club meeting. Like they've got like free pizza and stuff. You want to come along? And I was like, sure. Why not? I ended up going along and I don't know if you remember this random story, but that's when I saw like the weird, like guy in the Avenger. karate suit who was trying to yes. be in his car. Yeah. I don't know if I should go into that right now, but basically I you should, <laughs> should I, this is no, okay. This is no bearing, um, nothing to do with this podcast whatsoever, but basically we were, I think we stopped at Rite Aid cause like there's a crosswalk there or something. Um, and saw this car that basically jumped over the traffic Island, like, and right in front of us and kind of like crash landed. Um, and this guy gets out just has a karate suit on like no special belt definitely a white belt um i don't even remember if he had pants to be honest but he had what? the karate suit on and he just started kicking the crap out of his own car like started just like beating on the door and just yelling at it and there was like a little crowd at the right end like across the way at this time just looking at this guy um he just kept like beating it up other cars were trying to get by he was not having it he basically just ended up leaving his car there with the door open, just ran off down the street. Um, turned out uh, later on, I found out he'd gotten high on lithium um, and was like, I guess he like ran into some other people and was like trying to talk to them about like dragons and like <laughs> all this other crazy shit. Um, which I got to give a little bit of a, 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 a police statement, which is kind of cool. I honestly don't know if it was very helpful but i felt really cool um but anyway this is on the way to this meeting and then we get to this meeting um for this club at free pizza and it was like a club for like i'm trying to remember what it was called but it's basically like for hispanics i'm white as fuck like white as fuck um but it was like and they were so nice it was obvious Aww. i was there for pizza because they were like oh like well you can still hang out and stuff and i was like Aww. fuck this is a, like i do not i mean i'm obviously here for pizza like you know so were, they were, were so your friends nice. latino like did your yes, friends they know? were but they didn't mention that that was what the club was for they were just like oh yeah we're trying this new club thing you can come get pizza and i was like okay which i was like okay i mean that would have been hindsight but some good information to know um awesome. yeah so i had a pizza pizza a piece of pizza and it was delicious although slightly guilty feeling but still delicious so there's a asian and pacific islander so what is it it's a pulsa it's asian pacific islander gosh See, this they shouldn't let me into this club because I don't remember what it all means. But um <laughs> there's it's a pulsa, right? It's the Asian and Pacific Islander Law Student Association. Mm. Something in that order. And um they were tabling my first year of law school, and um there's this bakery, it's a Taiwanese bakery. It's like mm. 85 degrees, I think. Let me search this real fast. I don't want to slander myself. Yeah, okay, so 85 degrees. Um, it's a yeah, it's a Taiwanese bakery. It's so good. They have a location in Austin and they had a bunch of like pastries from there. <laughs> I just got real excited and I knew one of the people who was tabling. Um, and I like walked up and I was just like, Hi, can I have a pastry? And he was like, if you sign up for our emails, and I just like looked at him and then I like drew a circle around my face because again, white. <laughs> Um, and he was like, oh, we don't care. Like, anyone can join. And I was like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> which is like oh, nice. That's nice. Um, it was really really nice nice. so i I still get their emails because they're great emails but i didn't want to pay the 40 bucks in dues so i'm not actually part of the organization um Mm. slash i feel like i didn't want to invade other people's space that they might want to feel like camaraderie with other you know asian and pacific islanders and whoever um but i really didn't want to pay the 40 bucks but i got if he was free so it was worth it (laughs) I mean, it, I feel like if they were nice enough to be like, you can join anyway, that's care. You probably could. I mean, they'd probably, they're probably pretty welcoming. That's really nice. They yeah. might just want to share the culture and, you yeah. know, but well, cool. I mean, I mean, I'm glad that you knew at least what club it was when you signed up for <laughs> the emails. Um, I'm pretty sure I signed up for emails too, just because I felt like such trash for like going to get pizza. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Uh, anyway. it's okay we've all done it yeah they were also very very nice and they were like oh yeah like try to act like yeah pretend like we all didn't know why i was there you know <laughs> i was like i'm so sorry guys <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> no blake didn't go that route basically um no see if he had glamour he could have like fit in literally anywhere to get pizza <laughs> so he didn't choose that ro- route except for this time which i feel like is fair so yeah fair. <laughs> anywho um so basically we end up flashing back to earlier um where uh rose and blake were talking with maggie and her dad and all that um interestingly rose and blake discuss um basically she might be the voice and while while he's the body yeah, so like I mentioned, I still don't really get what's up with Rose. It was like the end of the last chapter or whatever. They were like, Rose was like, I'll finally tell you what's going on. And then it was just like, this is what I think is going on. And I was like, fuck, Rose. Like, <laughs> I've already sort of figured this out. Um, that like things respond to her. I mean, it's nice to have it a little bit more laid out, but it's also like mm-hmm. still sort of a theory. And it's like, oh, we get to learn why she freaked out when the lawyers came in. But I went back to that chapter and I like like control after whatever. And we never see her say that. So hmm. it wasn't like a good clue. Okay. Unless we like I tr- I really tried to find it and I didn't find it. Um, I don't know why she says it. But that hmm. explains why she kind of freaked out. Maybe she realized that when she talked to June when, and it was more effective that she should try calling the lawyers or something. I think the whole like the other see the Thorburn practitioner as female is really interesting. I guess this is like a patterns and expectations thing because the Patrick did kind of assert like, Oh, like, you know, this one's not a woman or whatever. Um, but it's definitely still a Thorburn. And maybe that's the whole thing. It's just like, it's just been women for so long that now they can't fuck it Get up. Out I don't pattern. know. Like, yeah. Okay. But like, so if Rose hadn't made that oath and she had had, several children like would her sons have just been like blackguards or would she have awoken them Hmm. would she not have been allowed to because it seems like she was an only child right so we don't see what would have happened like what's up with her siblings or whatever and like they're always like oh the thorburn practitioner and it's kind of like were there never like two sisters like was it just like i'm like why and it's again like I don't know if these things are things, but they feel like things. I mean, Wild Bo's smart enough that like these things are probably things. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I don't know. I like that Blake can still practice. And I think it's really neat that this female thing is tied into this. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't get it yet. We've got lots of time. (laughs) Lots of book to go through. So we only have what, like, I can't do math. This is 16 arcs. Like 12 and a half more arcs. Sweet. <laughs> that might be very wrong. Okay. Don't do math. Sounds right. But whatever. <laughs> Close enough. It's fine. <laughs> it was pretty funny that they're like having this like big discussion about how they work and Maggie and her dad are just fucking like standing there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not smart because Maggie is, you know, like not trustworthy, but then also her dad's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And I love it. Um, and I feel bad for him because he's like, you said this was safe. And she's like, relatively safe. And I'm like, what the fuck, Maggie? Like, ev- almost everywhere is safe relative to your hometown. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, yeah. good job for not lying. But it just, it sucked that, like, every single thing her dad said, Maggie had to be like, I said something like that. And, like, you know, like, ooh. And I get that her dad would try to stop her from doing a lot of this stuff but maybe your dad's right maggie slash like maybe you should not hide so i don't know it like he obviously doesn't know about the whole like torture molly thing which yeah how are you gonna be like hey dad i'm gonna torture someone lol bye especially this dad is not gonna be okay with that yeah even if it's like i'm trying to like save us and mitigate things and they worship demons or whatever they don't really worship demons they do demon see things. <laughs> they consort with demons. They consort with death. Yes. I I liked that Maggie. So Maggie in her interlude didn't give a fuck about anything. Okay. Um, But Maggie actually seems to really like the practice, which was really cool. She has the whole thing where she's like, it's like looking at the workings of the human body it's messy and gross and bloody and mucked up and imperfect but there's an art there which was just like very goblin practitioner to me goblins are gross Mm. but you know lovable and great and i'm like i wonder if they're rubbing off on her or if she was always sort of like this but it's it's neat like she finally has a passion for something it seems like like it seems like she thinks this is more interesting than anything else she's ever done Hmm. more than just like i have to do this or i'm gonna die horribly yeah yeah the human body that's a good comparison well next part blake takes embracing your inner child a little too literally (laughs) he sees a diagram while he's a little child um it seems like it's made to disrupt something around the thorburn house it's kind of clock-esque yeah, um, this transformation to a six-year-old's really hardcore. It was super violent, super visceral. Um, he's like physically like, you know, throwing his body around to try to like change its shape. It was really awesome, but it was also just like, fuck, man! Like, <laughs> the fairy would like fairy would be so outraged to see you do this. <laughs> like, like, you don't understand <laughs> us or glamour or anything at all. Like, the. The complete inelegance of this is hilarious and awesome. (laughs) And I feel like that at this point, the average packed reader wouldn't get. 
like I think they'd think that it was cool and maybe kind of funny, but they wouldn't get just like how fucking insulted a fairy would be to see this happen. Oh, for um, sure. It's so great. <laughs> and I just I didn't understand what was happening at first. Like I was like, oh, okay, he took the boy's hair. I think I got that he was gonna try to disguise himself, but when it was just like, you know, he threw himself back against the whatever and like I was just like, what are are you trying to look beat up? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like and I was like, oh, you're shrinking your body. Trying to shrink yourself. <laughs> I um this was hilarious. I also the whole like it'll be time consuming or painful to turn back. I don't remember this necessarily being a thing in pale. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be one of those things that has been mentioned that I've skimmed over as we've all noticed throughout this podcast. I feel like when I think about glamour, I feel like the problems that I think of are like the fact that someone will notice the glamour on you and then like, take it and twist you twist it and force you into certain shapes like i don't think like like i guess like oh you're gonna get stuck like that makes a lot of sense or like but i don't the only time i can think of that glamour caused them pain um other than i guess like the nettle wisp which wasn't just like glamour is um when they use like the dark fey glamour to be like sunlight right um Mm -hmm. like using the glamour like it in something that completely was not its element kind of a thing. Um, but just like, oh, if you use too much or if you get too into it or something, it'll be like painful or time consuming to turn back. I don't remember that. It's really an interesting new or possibly established wrinkle. And the him slowly like dissolving at the end of this chapter was like super tense and exciting and mm-hmm. great. Um but I was like, does Glamour do this? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, so then they, uh, yeah, so he kind of, he blends into this crowd pretty easily and gets to kind of sneak in and take a look at this diagram, this uh, ritual. Yeah, this was really cute and also really, really, like, genius. I mean, if I so I haven't been around six-year-olds in a very, very long time, but the, to me, this felt very true like it like you know he could talk kind of loudly um and he could like you know accidentally bump quote unquote accidentally bump someone he could like you know get people to like do things he wanted by being a bit annoying or a bit of a bother so that people would want to cater to him but he could also Mm -hmm. kind of like weave in between people and not be as noticed like he didn't I mean, he did follow a six-year-old upstairs um, and then comment on how he, like, seemed like a pedophile and maybe someone should do something about it. Um, (laughs) But it wasn't, like, I don't know. I feel like that was also just, like, the most convenient thing in that moment. And it it just worked out really well um, and is very funny and really Mm -hmm. adorable. Just, like, Blake Mm -hmm. running around and being like, um... Show me the paper! paper. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so fucking good. and it's it's funny that none of that stuff cracks his glamour because he's very much acting like a six-year-old. Like, he's doing it really well. Um, mm-hmm. It was really great. Yeah, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so this diagram is weird, but before we talk about the diagram, which I don't get, um, they talk about 
having bounties on killing the Thorburns. And it seems mm-hmm. like any Thorburn. So it seems like his whole family is currently like in danger because they, I think one of them mentions at some point, like, oh, maybe we should try to kill one of them off before they become heir to like try to do fuck with it or something. And I'm wondering if they think that this includes like the grandsons because Blake has already shown up as an heir. And while I don't think any of the other grandsons are in the line, I think they might. So I'm wondering if like Callan um, and Peter, God, their names are hard to remember because they're insignificant, um, are in danger, <laughs> like justice in danger, as you know, like Paige and Kathy and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. Um, I wonder if Blake has internalized that fact. And maybe this is what's going to get Paige back into the story. Um, is she's going to be threatened somehow and he's going to be like, well, <laughs> come on over because Paige needs to come back. Yeah. But this was just like, oh, fuck, you already, y- y'all already have bounties out on killing the Thorburns. Like, they're very much seem to be the ones who want them to die and want this to happen. Like, unlike what Laird had said about, you know, oh, we want to keep the balance until we get Johannes. Bleh. Let's talk about the tarot card. Tarot card. Terror. Terror. I keep wanting to say tarot, Tur- like carrot. Tur- turret card. Tarot. Tarot Tur- card. Or like, yeah. Um, like tarot, so the- like the plant tarot. Or tarot, like the vegetable carrot. Or, or tarot. Like tarot. 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 Like, tarot. 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 You're about... Good hungry Turn. choir song. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, this was exciting because I actually sort of understood a little bit of what this might mean because, like I mentioned, I'm learning more about tarot. So Blake's was like really funny and really great. I wasn't entirely sure about the right hand left hand thing. So the because the right hand is usually like it's the dominant hand. When people are your right hand man, you know, like they're your they're very close to you. They're very trusted. Like Jesus in the Bible with the with the goats and the sheep. The sheep shall be like sorted on put on his right and the goats will be on the left and the sheep are all gonna go to heaven and the goats are all damned or whatever. But hmm. I wasn't sure if this was like like a dominant and a recessive trait or like a... This would be an interesting conversation to have in the Pill Reflection podcast as well. Just with what's going on like with like changing goats. their masks around. Yeah. None of them are sheep though. But, but yeah. goat goat um yeah i was talking about the sheep i was talking about the goat (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just thinking yeah i'm just thinking right right and left right um so i'm not entirely sure if that's like so uh there's a thing in tarot that a lot of people do but not everyone does in readings that are called like card reversals so that means like when you when i pull when you draw a card when you place a card and it's upside down that means it's reversed and so it kind of does like an inverse thing of what the like standardish meaning is kind of i don't know those very well at all but i was wondering if maybe that is something like that i don't know anyway hmm. blake or when they are trying to figure out blake they draw the fool and the high priestess the fool is great the fool is a really great card it's card zero of the major arcana it's and like the major arcana which are like all the classic tarot cards that people think of or except for like the king of cups and crap anyway the major arcana is the fool's journey and blake Hmm. is the main character right like this story is blake's story and like blake is the fool 
um, which was perfect. Also, a lot of tarot cards aren't as negative as they might sound. Like the fool isn't necessarily like, oh, you're so stupid, but it's like, hmm. it's naive, it's joyful, it's like bounding off and starting on a new journey, but it's not necessarily like, oh, you're trash. Like, um, and Blake, like, doesn't know shit, is the main character, and is like starting on the journey. It was like very, like, fuck, yes, this is perfect. And then the left hand for Blake drew the high priestess. The High Priestess is also one of the earlier cards in the Major Arcana. I think she's number two. I don't know the thing. Anyway, um, she is all about intuition, all about your inner thoughts. And this was really great to me because, like, Blake acts on instinct. Like, Blake is intuition. Um, I think the High Priestess is more about, like, actual, like, inner contemplation and your inner voice and stuff. She's, like, very spiritual. But, like, mm. like blake being intuition um, and that being like his secret to success or something was really great and made me really excited because i was just like yes like fuck yes um blake is action and it, well i mean the high priestess isn't really action she's more contemplation but blake is following his inner voice i guess hmm. okay and so then rose her right hand dominant hand something is the hanged man, right? So the hanged man represents um, sacrifice. And I think if this comes up in readings, often you're supposed to, uh, like it could it could represent a sacrifice that needs to be made or um, some sort of like realignment of purpose or something like that. And I think that this is saying that like Rose is a sacrifice. Um, okay. Rose is the thing that allows Blake to be in the position that he's in. Um, or Blake must be sacrificed for Rose or something. Like someone here is going to be sacrificed is for the other. Sacrifi- is intended as a sacrifice. Goat. Yeah. R- Rose was, these two were harder for me. Um, But then the left hand was the chariot. And so thinking about the left hand as like more of an inner thing or a, like a secret or something, potentially something more hidden. And um, the chariot is all about being in control. It's all about drive. Mm. Um, so the chariot card is um, someone standing in a chariot hole, like with two like horses or whatever sort of animal that are like driving the chariot and they're like holding they're they're very in control and they're also like moving and going forward. And I think this is talking about Rose as like being the dominant one in their relationship, not like their personal relationship, but like Rose is the Thorburn practitioner based on what we've learned. Right. Like she's the voice. She's the one who actually has control actually has possibly like you know more dominance over the relationship like she she's the one who grabs the others and pulls them in and is in control of the things around her more so than hmm. like in my opinion these are also difficult readings <laughs> yeah and i don't i'm i'm incredibly novice but it was really exciting i felt like i got a lot out of this um Hmm, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I know nothing about tarot cards. Yeah, so. it was pretty cool. I was going to make a really bad joke when you were starting. Um, <laughs> and you're like, oh, the fool's like the zero and uh, high priestess is two. And I'd be like, maybe they just didn't shuffle the deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, Hangman is like nine or some shit. That's probably wrong. Eleven? Sure, it's like, I could Google it. It's fine. 
Um, Fine. They're higher up. They're... <laughs> but yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like a progression of the fool toward the last card is the world, um, which is like sort of an enlightenment-y sort of like totality sort of like i don't know e thing um hmm. sorry for anyone who actually knows what they're talking about you can correct me <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just an interesting thinking of it as like a progression hmm that's pretty cool yeah it's kind of interesting that's like a yeah. story almost yeah so to talk a little bit i didn't write a ton down about the diagram because i didn't get to see it and i was kind of confused, confusing but yeah i so it has something to do with time and it has something to do with a lot of like significant symbols. Three of these things are definitely the some of the like suits in tarot. And there's like they're saying words in Arabic that correspond to these five things, the the sword, the coin, the cup, the tome, and the crown. Hmm as they're doing this thing that has to do with Blake's house, probably, but not exactly the house. And just as he thinks that we rush off and do some other shit. I think that they think that he's inside the house. And I think that they're trying to either like lock him in some sort of time bubble or fast forward time around that area or like Mm. stop him from doing some, um, I don't know. Because apparently they don't, they're not going to kill him. They're just going to, lock him in a time chamber <laughs> how nice i mean uh, <laughs> no not really know. nice not yeah. really nice but yeah i'm glad i like reading these twice is great because the first time i was like i don't care what these words mean i have to find out what happens and the second time i was like oh what is like almamlaka um and Hussam and dahab and so i went and actually like googled it and like it was like almamlaka is the kingdom and i was like I don't know what's going on. And I was like, is are they doing Arabic because of Solomon? And I still think that might be kind of like a seal of Solomon, you know, like Suleiman thing. And I was like, I don't get what's happening. And then I, I think, I don't remember if I had to Google the next one to figure out what was going on, but Dusam means sword. And then I was like, oh, the kingdom because the crown. And so the first one is the crown, which is why they said it first. And the one do shop lady. And then they did the sword. And then mm. Dahab means gold, but I think that means the coin. Uh, and so I don't know what the other two words were, but that was interesting. And I don't get it. I thought it was like, interesting that Laird's familiar is an old guy. <laughs> I, I'm going to cut you off real quick, just because like, I'm going to blow your mind. Oh, Cause God. if you look back oh, God. at this chapter and you read, Oh, no. They're also using Arabic numerals. Uh... <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was just like, oh no, what did I miss? <laughs> that would be kind of funny if like that actually, I mean, would make a, a difference like in terms of like if you know using roman numerals versus you know but i mean i don't feel like no you know what i'm gonna say yeah i think that definitely is relevant arabic numerals to this for sure because uh, i like, just said it roman numerals would be different they would have a different flavor you know no exactly 
Yeah. But, no, yeah. you're super I mean, right. I'm so right. Like, <laughs> it can't just be that it's, like, normal numbers, like, for, uh-huh. you know, people in the Western world. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, that, yeah, that was it. You were talking about the uh, the old man. Oh, I just thought it was funny. Like, I, I think... Okay, spoilers for Pace, sort of. The the things in Pace, what what happens with the I don't want to spoil it fully, but the what happens with their um their watch things. Well, I can't remember the name mm. of anything. And like what they do, that's more mm. what I was picturing. Okay. Yeah. It's like a mechanical thing, not yeah. like Hello, I have an old man. Time coming out. Right. Like, so good and also weird. But also they were like, he specifically didn't have a beard. And I was like, that's lame. Like, he's father time. He needs a beard. And he sort of like hobbles and then like stabs. The- and I was just like, like it. I get that a lot of others are like humanoid or whatever. It just feels really weird to be like, this human is my pet. Although I guess that's like what John would be if he was Lucy's familiar. I don't know. It's weird. Mm. At least John wouldn't just be like a fucking clock. <laughs> he'd be able to move i don't know it was interesting i'm i'm curious about him i hope we see more but it was weird yeah for sure all right so basically um blake ends up doing his best to disrupt the ritual doesn't do quite a good enough job and ends up having to run away so his cover's not blown um he does come up with the pretty interesting idea to call the cops uh to disrupt the ritual um sounds pretty convincing um talks to rose who also is like man i didn't know you could act finds out he wasn't acting but the glamour is starting to take over then he manages to basically escape by arranging a sleepover essentially it's it's like blake's empty spaces and emptiness and empty self um probably does make him a lot more susceptible to things like the, the glamour and I mean, there's these themes, and not even themes. It just seems, you know, like Blake is being drained or something, and so the glamour finds a space to like really, really fill. Like they they keep talking and mentioning that the glamour is working really well, and it's either that Blake just has like super powerful will and can convince himself of whatever the fuck, or that the glamour is being a little bit strange um, in this situation. I thought him on the phone with the police was pretty great it's it's fun um seeing him get better at lying um without lying listening to the police dispatcher be like what the fuck is going on (laughs) um and the things he decides to say and how he decides to say them just this whole section where he's running around the house and being like oh like and like oh do you love me and like she said yes and just like little things like it was just really brilliant but then he also was like, oh, I promise I'll tell you. I mean, he, he if if you don't tell anyone. So I'm really hoping she tells her mom, like, his eyes broke or whatever the fuck happened. Like, I didn't get that part where he goes and sees Leanne. Um, and it took a second for something to click for the mental gears to shift and click. And then his glamour breaks. And I'm like, what? Maybe it's that, like, Leanne's mental gears clicked and that suspicion broke his glamour but it felt more like it was in his own head do you was i supposed to get it did you get it 
trying to go to that part just so I could read it again, because I feel like it's not something that stuck out to me that much, but okay. I feel like it could go either way, because it kind of does feel like, in a way, it's like in his head, but I feel like it's got to be from her side, almost, for the same kind of reason. Right, like why it broke, because yeah. like the suspicion, him putting on his shoes too well, um, things like that continue to make his glamour break down more. Yeah. I just, I was like, oh, is she someone that you recognize and now you understand something? But I just, I don't know. So I feel like, yeah, if anything, since she hangs out with, well, the the boy, the, mm-hmm. the real boy, um, so much, she probably would notice if something was, because it's also, she was like, huh? But why'd she say that? Because he didn't say anything, you know, unless mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. she didn't notice something weird. Right, so. okay, because she, she's also the first person Blake's interacted with as this little kid who's not just, like, tolerating him or, like, somebody on the phone. Like, she is, like, on his level and, like, looks right at him and is, like, you know, like, oh, Blake, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, you know, this kid. Um, whereas the, the adults, it feels very, like, Charlie Brown or something where you never see their heads. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, she's really, like, looking at and talking to him in a way. That the others maybe aren't. Um, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, because this this part's really great where he's, like, deteriorating. I'm trying to think of maybe, like, the Polyjuice Potion in Harry Potter. Like, this this feels like a familiar-ish, like, trope, but I can't that think That was of what I was going to bring up before, actually, because I was like, oh. it, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, just, like, the, the, like, slow and inevitable and steady like deterioration of a disguise and having to like be like, Oh, I gotta fucking leave. I'm like, it's yeah. pretty great. Cinderella ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I, I kept thinking that Blake was going to just like jump out of the car or something. Like I kept just kind of being like, how is he going to get out of the situation? And it, you know, basically works. Um, connection blockers are great. And he just sort of leaves. Yeah. <laughs> After releasing a goblin, I yeah. I don't like Blake's decision to do this to be like mm. goblin go get him. Maybe it's just that like I have a harder time like this woman was ready to help destroy Blake's life or whatever. But she also was really nice to him, but she wasn't like nice to Blake, she was just nice to like her nephew or whoever the fuck this is. Yeah. Um but also he's like, these people don't deserve books. And I'm like, you have books. Like, you like are privileged a lot in that way. You come from a very old family with a lot of resources. And you're just like real bitter about that. Um, and I'm just curious as to like, is the goblin going to do this? Because like, does Rose have to be the one to actually tell it to do it? Because it sort of looks at Blake in like kind of confusion and Blake like walks off. And so I'm not sure if it listened to him or because it it showed up when he blew the whistle. But then I'm not sure if because it didn't like if you said like, hey, Ram Jam, fucking trash this place. Ram Jam would be like, fuck, yeah. And jump up and like immediately start smashing things. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas this got a uh, dick's whistle just like looks at him with a confused look on his face. And Rose is like. Hey, 
the rules of hospitality could fuck the like could fuck us if we do this and like is like it's fine because they attacked us and then puts on rubber boots because i'm wondering if there's still snow on the ground i don't get what's going on and then he just like leaves um and i'm like uh does the goblin actually do it Seemed like it kind of left, like, because he was like, I I let Rose deliberate while I headed for the side door. And then I could see Rose's reflection paint in the glass. So that was like the last bit. So I feel like it was kind of. Right. Like, I think she maybe has to actually decide whether or not to tell Dick Swizzle to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what the. F- okay. He opens the door, and then there, there's something about tearing, and then I dragging the tattered skin behind me. What the fuck is going on? Is that his skin? What is happening? Do you know what's That's happening? The glamour, I... the glamour broke, and, uh, and so the it's leftover his own skin, skin, the leftover glamoury skin. Ugh. Cool. <laughs> okay, That's what I thought was maybe happening, but I was also like, when did skin get here? <sighs> So you put some notes about like um Rose's thoughts on this and stuff. Yeah, um I thought it was I mean, Rose continues to be somewhat ruthless. Um like I think I've said previously that like I could see Rose, you know, maybe deciding to stick a demon on someone or something, like to like make harder and worse decisions mm-hmm. than Blake. Um, and so I think it's interesting here that like she's not like, hey, this is wrong. Like this is morally, like this is fucked up to do to these people. It's more like, hey, the rules of hospitality mean that this could fuck us up. Like she's very practical, mm-hmm. and I think that that is probably a more effective argument against Blake. But Blake also is very compassionate in a lot of instances. Uh huh. And I wonder if she was like, Blake, don't do this. Like you're better than this could have i mean the thing he says like do not harm anyone like leave immediately like if you're just you know when you're discovered like whatever whatever like he's just trying to destroy things Mm -hmm. um and explicitly not hurt any people so that's i think we need to ask kippos (laughs) if anyone knows about hospitality it's that girl yeah yeah give us let us know (laughs) how fucked is how fucked is like like, if rose does the thing um yeah yeah. i mean it's definitely not like i mean granted once the you know the kid's gone that's gonna look a little weird be like where the fuck is the kid um but (laughs) definitely not a stealthy way to exit you know definitely like they're definitely gonna be like oh blake thorburn trashed my fucking house like this yeah. isn't gonna earn him any points. No, for sure. It also sucks that when Blake, when they were at the party or whatever, and Blake sees I don't remember the 13-year-old's name, but he sees Penny and he thinks like, oh, the two that tried to kill me 24 hours ago or whatever it was. And I just like that's really sad. Because Penny mm-hmm. like like got her family to back off, you know? Um like that fairy did yeah. straight up try to kill him, and he's not wrong. But I, he didn't think like anything remotely positive about her or them or whatever. Which yeah, is but it's also her. like 
in exchange like for the fae right it's not like out of the goodness of her heart she was like this guy needs a break you know i guess yeah um i just i don't know i kind of like penny so all right so is it time for your bold and specific prediction yeah yeah um, okay, so to set this up a little bit, in the chapter, I think after the police showed up and were, like, arresting Laird and shit, which was great, um, the so two people in the family were talking about how Blake had kind of gotten two points in this conflict. Um, I think the thing about the the letter and damaging Laird's reputation, and then this time, like, getting the police to go to Laird's house seem like two beats in a three beat you might argue that like maybe there's a like because when laird took blake out for coffee there wasn't necessarily a victory there i mean he really like could have fucked him over and shit and was an asshole but there there wasn't really a haha like blow struck um and laird was even talking about trying to keep the karmic balance in such a way that like the karma would like resound poorly on the Thorburns and not on them. Um, and so it seems like there is this like three beat coming where the police have been like, Laird, what are you doing? And the police have been like, Laird, what are you doing? And I think the third beat in this Blake Laird police triangle is not going to go Blake's way. And I think Laird is going to come off victorious and that's going to really fuck Blake up. Cause it's only arc three. <laughs> um, I was also thinking about the story and like, I kind of think that there'll be three big, well, maybe not. I sort of see like four main antagonist arcs. Um, so it seems like Laird is one. Johannes is one. Maggie's situation with the goblin lady is one and then like demons and i think demons have got to be the end game possibly also with maggie's goblin lady but it seems like mm -hmm. they're gonna have to wrap things up with laird in the next couple arcs and then maybe probably move on to johannes because that's super interesting and then uh goblin demon cage fest at the end these are also bold specific predictions sort all of. right <laughs> Bold and specific. I like it. Thanks. So we've already kind of done this, but um, obviously in, for our pale in comparison part, I mean, the main thing that we can do, I feel like, is compare, uh, I guess, uses of glamour. Mm -hmm. is what I'd say. And how it seems to affect Blake versus the trio. And we've gotten into that a little bit. Um, but do you have any other like comparisons or like points that you want to make on that? Blake seems to be incredibly good at glamour. And I think it has to do with the fact that he's so fucked. Um, and maybe something else question mark, but he's like, very good at being like yes i am this thing and then just like like he just sort of rubs his face and like bam he looks different and i i would be able i would expect like verona and lucy probably to be at that level now um yeah 
but they're also super powerful and have a whole bunch of glamour to practice with and like do all these interesting experimental whatever whereas Blake is just like oh haha like my voice is different and now I'm a child like he's just like it like he's like good isn't necessarily the right word because I don't think he knows what he's doing but he's very effective in his glamour usage <laughs> yeah but I, I don't know that he has thought about some of the really neat possibilities. He has either used it as like a power source or a disguise into different human forms. And I mean, the, the shrinking down to a six-year-old was pretty great. Um, uh-huh. But like, Blake, you could turn into smoke, bro. Like, Blake, you could like, act, like, you could do so many things. And it's just like, he uh doesn't know that yet probably um and it's gonna be real exciting to watch him discover it um i can't see blake doing anything like the check marks or whatever that's a very different use and just yeah like you take the glamour and you sort of gently massage yourself into a shape is like not what this man does (laughs) oh no he like beats the crap out of himself all right y'all I'm interrupting this episode to bring you your discussion question responses. Um, Jenny is unfortunately not here um, because she is back home and I'm jealous because she went to the beach today and I didn't. Um, So that being said, I'm going to run through some of these discussion question answers from last week before we talk about the one for next week. These responses were really fun and I very much appreciate everyone who resisted the urge to spoil things for me particularly because i'm the one who picked through them this week so last week's discussion question was if you had to pick one thorburn besides blake or rose to deal with who would you choose um so some people interpreted this as like go against and some people interpreted this as work with and some people kind of interpreted it as both which is pretty cool fleet feathers um said roxanne um the narrative of a bratty 12-year-old suddenly having access to a trove of magic going up against practitioners is great. Also, she'd probably be the easiest to trick or manipulate, but you never really know with preteens. Bellic Tall asked their friend, Taylor, and she said she'd definitely go after Ivy. Insert pause for outrage. <laughs> um, Bellic Tall would go up against Paige because she'd be the most likely to compromise or leave open de-escalation avenues. Mr. Catfish would go against Ivy. Negotiations with Ivy would be like taking candy from a baby. But um, chuh. Um, it could also maybe help her get on the right path and out of the rut her family is stuck in. Maisie one said Molly, Molly, or Paige. Um, Paige is smart and a good person, and maybe she'd be cooperative and a good ally. Molly doesn't have a good track record, and so they think they could take her if things went bad. Hero of Old Iron says Paige for now because no spoilers and um, because Paige is probably the most willing and able to rise above the rest of the family's shit. Um, Beard of Valor said they'd want to work with Peter because he sucks so bad that you won't feel bad when he gets got by brownies. Also, he's probably not explicitly part of Grandma Rose's deal. So maybe he's not like being manipulated or whatever. So thanks y'all for answering last week's discussion questions. Hopefully, Jen will be back on next week with me to talk about the discussion questions. But if not, um, it's because she was having a lovely time. 
Anyway, on to this week's discussion question. All right. Um, if you could use glamour to transform into something for one hour, what would you change into and why? I'm trying to think um, what I would. So, to be honest, um, I'd probably, like, try changing into, like, a biological male. Um, I'm really curious what it would be like to, like, not have boobs and to, like, have a penis. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, really curious. Um, yeah. Or, like, different body shapes in general. Um, I mean, like, some like f- something fun would be, like, you know something that can fly or something you know like but i just am really curious like what it would be like to be a man i guess um like a biological man and to walk around and have people see me that way Hmm. that's pretty interesting that's not a bad idea um yeah i'm not gonna lie first thing i thought it was something flying (laughs) because Flying dreams are the best kind of dreams. Um, if it feels anything like that, then I'm so down. But, or something, this does sound kind of funny, but um, my toddler doesn't necessarily cuddle that much, mm-hmm. except if it's with something really fluffy. Like, he <laughs> loves fluffy things more than anything in the world. Like, <laughs> you find him something fluffy, he's going to be all over that. So I'd probably try to either make myself like the fluffiest <laughs> softest thing ever and just get lots of hugs because that would be adorable mm-hmm. um yeah probably that oh that's lovely he's so cute he just like ta- well, he gets really happy and he'll just tackle everything that's like soft um, would that would that possibly break the glamour i mean it's fine <laughs> It's all right. It's not going to bother me. That's fair. Yeah, I'm okay. As long as I get a good cuddle out of it. He'll be annoyed because he's like, where the frick is my (laughs) soft, like, mommy? I have this weird dust all over me. He wouldn't be that sad because he has a really fluffy blanket that he can go back to. But, you know, he'd just be like, what the crap is this? Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, become a Patreon at patreon.com slash doofmedia. (laughs) You can also check out our website at doofmedia.com to learn about all the cool shows on the Doof Network. If you'd like to support Wild Bo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at palecomparison. Or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you'd like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Um, I also want to plug um, the Doofcast really quickly. Um, I've been listening through the back catalog slash trying to get my boyfriend to listen to the Doofcast, and he picked out the happening episode um hmm. scott and matt talk about m night Shyamalan's ridiculous movie i will never watch this movie because i can't handle scary things at all which but... is why we're doing this podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay at least like the description of like someone 
letting themselves be run over by their own lawnmower. I just don't want to see that. Um, That sounds terrible. Yuck. Yep. Um, But they say, as maybe possibly a joke, um, but hopefully not a joke, that they want to somehow interview M. Night Shyamalan about this movie. And I am waiting. I am waiting for this to happen. So please, someone, make this happen. The problem is, at least if I were them, I would have a hard time not asking them about like the travesty of like the last airbender well i haven't listened to their episode covering that yet but um, i haven't yet either but i'm like i'm just like if i invited you know if like theoretically you're gonna invite him on and ask him questions and be like okay just have you seen the rock bending like the the fucking earth bending scene where they're in the, the prison it's the stupidest shit I've so ever I haven't seen. actually seen that movie. I feel like maybe okay. someone has showed me that scene. Let me just let me just break this down paint, for you. Paint real me quick. a picture, <laughs> okay? Because you've se- you've seen like the original, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know in the original how like the Fire Nation, um, they have a bunch of Earthbenders prisoner like on like this metal like ship in the ocean, right? Uh-huh. So they can't Earthbend, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. um, like egg and katara and you know Sokka and everybody like go and they basically like help um rescue those guys and like um, they're like oh the coal or whatever yeah these the coal and stuff okay so this same scene they did a little differently for one uh they didn't go in the fucking ocean they Uh were on land (laughs) they were on fucking land and they were just like oh we're just too intimidated i guess to do anything i don't know <laughs> they're on fucking land and then ang guys like over and they're like come on guys we can do this together i, or, I don't know i'm like very paraphrasing um so they're they you know get them to be like all right we're gonna fight back Da-da-da. okay and i'm gonna send you this link in a, in a minute just to show you how <laughs> fucking ridiculous this is but like they do like this whole thing where like you know it looks like they're gonna have this really awesome like fight scene thing because they're using all these like moves to like looks like they're about to do something really big and it's like like at least like three or so earthbenders and they like bah and they like seriously have like a couple small rocks that like slowly like <laughs> fly by and it's like are you fucking serious if not Shyamalan what the fuck was that <laughs> what was that shit okay well I think that you should listen to the Doofcast episode on the last airbender and let oh, us know I will. what they say. I'm, I, I mean, if they, I'm not expecting them to be like, this is my favorite movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm expecting it to be kind of along the lines of like Dragon Ball evolution, which if you haven't seen that or trailers for that, you don't have to have watched Dragon Ball to see it, to realize how fucking terrible this is because <laughs> I had never really seen Dragon Ball. But let me just, I'll send you a trailer for that too. And in fact, if we can remember, we'll put the links for those below. Just because we can, if I remember, or Malia remembers. So I'm going to send Malia those links after we're done. Awesome. <sighs> All right. Anyway, rage rant over. Um, random fun fact of the week, guys. <laughs> um the only member of ZZ Top that doesn't have a beard, especially a ridiculously long beard, is the drummer, Frank Beard. 
It's so good. It's just hilarious. He has had some rather shorter beards, but I'd still say even if I don't know what his face looks right, right like right now, but even if he has a bit of a beard, it's nowhere near as long as the other members of the band. So I still Classic. say it counts. All right. Have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Do you like my fun fact? I found on Reddit. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's kind of funny. Apparently he's had short ones in the past, or it looks like, but like the other ones are like ridiculously long, so I feel like oh, even if he has a little bit of so one, it's still funny. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs>